frente que quiero pasar Esta música está bien animada Y yo vine para ganar, papá Bienvenidos a Radio Menea y My name is Vero Ayati Flores And I'm Miriam Soyla Perez, and we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes. Each week we bring you music from the artists that we love, and this week it's the 20th anniversary of the legendary album by Tego Calderón, El Abayarre. So exciting, so amazing that it's been 20 years, and exactly 20 years from November of 2020, of 2002, this album was released in Puerto Rico. Yeah, so um, we're recording actually on the anniversary of its release, November 1st, but you will hear this starting on Friday. Um, But yeah, so this week, 20 years ago, this album came out. It really changed the game. It propelled reggaeton in a really, you know, really incredible way. Let's take a listen back to the title track that we started with. This is Avallarde. So yeah, along with a few other albums that were like seminal of the moment, like Daddy Yankee's Barrio Fino and Evie Queen's Diva, El Avallarde was one of the albums that completely revolutionized reggaeton worldwide and really brought reggaeton to the international stage. And I will say it's one of the earlier ones that did so. Mm-hmm. It was released in 2002. And mm-hmm. uh, like Barrio Fino, for example, was released in 2004. Right. Um, and so um, it was like an earlier, an earlier one. There were five singles released in the album. Um, and we're today just bringing you a few of the songs that we thought were significant, that um, I like, you know, mm-hmm. um, just in celebration of what is now an absolutely legendary album. Yeah. And yeah, Vero took the lead on this one. Um, and I'm kind of along for the ride. But one thing I thought was interesting, I didn't know until looking it up, was that this album was, you know, it was really like kind of the definition of like an underground hit because it didn't have any major label distribution until mm-hmm. 2003. Um, but it was such a success in Puerto Rico and then in some parts of the U.S. that it made it to that it was picked up by Sony the year later. And um, it was the first hip-hop reggaeton artist or album by a solo artist to sell over 75,000 copies in one week with no major label distribution. Yes, I mean, that's such an amazing feat, especially when you think about what was going on with the internet in 2002. Like, you know, no social yeah, media. Yeah, that shit was like word of mouth. Like literal. literally spoken. 
people are like <laughs> handing it around at parties and then going to buy copies, you know. So yeah, and being really like, incredible. what was that? <laughs> yeah, really groundbreaking, really genre shifting in an incredible mm-hmm. way. Yeah, absolutely. So the song that we were listening to was um, is called Avallarde. Um, this album is called El Avallarde. And I think there's a few things that I think are really important and um, dope about this. So this is the first. So there's an intro track and then this is the first like full song on the album. And um, I think both sonically and lyrically, Diego immediately places himself really proudly within blackness. Um, Mm. And so like if you hear the sound and the production, it's like horns, it's Latin percussion, but it's also this like boom bap hip hop style. Um, So the production on there is by Maestro Yek. um, And so he's again, like placing himself within like a black hip hop tradition, but also like a black, um, you know, like Latin tradition. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then explicitly says de donde viene mi sabrosura me inculcaron semillita de esta cultura desde la cuna agradecido de esta negrura so mm-hmm. he's immediately like yes i this comes this is this culture is black culture uh this is my birthright and i am so grateful to be black mm-hmm. um and I don't want to suggest that that's unusual per se, right? Like there have always been black people in Latin America who've been proud of their blackness and their cultures. Right. Right. But what was unusual was to hear this in pop culture, right? Yeah. And um, so while everything that was coming out of the pop culture industry machines in and for Latin America was centered around whiteness, but like because reggaeton and Tego's rise was so much this underground movement, like you mm-hmm. said, Mm-hmm. Um, because it sort of just gorilla elbowed its way into the mainstream, <laughs> completely bypassing what had been industry standards, it was possible for an expression of this kind of like proud Latin blackness to be um, at the front and center uh, right. uh, with, with the way that it was with El Avallarde. Like that right. was not getting past any industry yeah. people, you yeah. know, no, that's back in the day. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it's like as, as soon as the dollar signs start showing, they'll sell anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They'll sell, they, they'll sell anything, but they didn't right. count on this being. No, of course they, not. You know, they didn't no. count on this being, uh, they never would have made no. the decision or the call no. to have made this be like, okay, yes, this is dope. Like there's an audience for this yeah, and people want to hear this. Well, it's also because like the industry leaders would have been so disconnected from the audience for this, you know, in so many yeah. ways that they wouldn't have believed it until it was proven um, just by, yeah, by this underground movement. And then it was clear that, oh, there's a bigger audience for this than we would have ever imagined, which is just, yeah, the way that racism operates in the industry. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think that that's, like, one of the things that a lot of people heard from Tego, and um, just because of the level that this reached, like, you know, like, Tego was, like, on, like, a Hennessy advertisements in Times Square, you know what I mean? Like, he Mm. was, like, big at the time. Um, Maybe not in 2002, but, like, eventually this grew into something really large, and... um, you know, like many of us have just never heard anything like this before, you know, right. like, um, or had heard like expressions of it only like in really like niche or particular ways, you know, yep. not in like mainstream pop culture and not like so explicitly and so proudly. And um, it, it's just something that I think 
in addition to the impact that it had just in terms of sales, in terms of like what it did for the music, um, this cultural impact uh, that like that it had, I think cannot be understated. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So what is El Abayarde? I've known it as kind of like his moniker, but I've never thought about what it means. Yeah. So apparently Un Abayarde is like a very small but aggressive ant <laughs> that when it bites you, it <laughs> fucking pica, you know? Oh. <laughs> pica yarde. Um, but I think it's also a nickname for like Un Niño Picaro, you know, like somebody who's like travieso. Oh, okay, okay, love that. You know, much like a little ant who's like right. very small and seems like tiny, but then like will fuck you up. <laughs> right, right. I like that. I could see that for him for sure. Yeah. Like, don't underestimate me. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I think that we'll see throughout when we um, bring other songs from this album, just how um, Dago's braggadocio feels so smooth and natural and mm. uh, big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I like that. So do you remember the first time you heard this album or his music? I really can't. I yeah. just, I can't say that I have really any idea to me. Yeah. I, yeah, I have, I have no idea when I heard it for the first time. But... Yeah, because you were in your first year of college in 2002? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, by the time this came out, I would have been in my second year, but... So yeah, I guess this came out my first year of college because I was I graduated in two thousand two from high school, yeah. But I was no, I mean I I was absolutely disconnected from reggaeton in every way possible at that point in my life. I think I heard this much later. I think once I was like, you know, into this music and into reggaeton. I mean, maybe even into this podcast. You know, like mm. much more aware of reggaeton and its history. I mean, I'd maybe heard one of some of these hits in passing, but I really. Um, I really came to him later, you know, like after um, a lot of the other sort of like big reggaeton. Yeah. I remember being in Venezuela in 2006 and having an argument with a friend of mine who's like sort of like un rockero who was like talking about how like, you know, he didn't really love reggaeton. And I was like, you know, like, let's, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And I was like, what about Tego? And he's like, well, Tego's different, you know? <laughs> um, right. But, uh, but I don't, I really don't know when, when it became when it like yeah when I first heard it I don't have that sort of a memory yeah yeah I mean it makes sense and I mean he really laid the ground for people like Daddy Yankee and in terms of I think commercially right like sort of like here's a here's a first big hit obviously they mm -hmm. have a lot in common also I think musically and and the, I don't know what Tego's involvement in that scene that Daddy Yankee was a part of I mean he was kind of an older guy which we'll talk about later but yeah um, yeah yeah but yeah, I mean, he, you know, he, he, I think proved that this music could be commercially successful. And I'm sure that made it much easier for people like Daddy Yankee to, to then, you know, kind of rocket from that success. Yeah, further. absolutely. All right. Shall so you we go had to, to the next track. Yeah. You had the difficult time of picking from all of these 19 tracks. <laughs> I know it's a long album and it was sort of hard to pick, but you know, I would recommend that you go listen to it. It is definitely worth a top to bottom listen. Mm -hmm. um, but the song that we're going to listen to next is one of my favorites. It's called Al Natural. Let's take a listen to it. Hey. Hey, el de la cosa buena. 
Alegría pa' tu cuerpo sin macarena, mueve la parcela, nena, que lo que traigo es maicena. Tú sabes cómo era, tú sabes que mi música te llega. Este gocal de la Vallarde, oye, pa' que más. Yo lo que suelto es más tu cama pa' la que se lamba. Pa' que mis pollitos muevan su nalga con luna y tuntu. Me la Vallarde le mete el tuntu. Pa' que la disco muevan su tuntu. Yo lo que suelto es más tu cama pa' la que se lamba. Pa' que mis pollitos muevan su nalga con luna y tuntu. Me la Vallarde le mete el tuntu. Pa' que la disco muevan su pum pum. Vuelve la Vallarde negro calderisi. Ni pa' la misi, déjate llevar que llevo el niche de Boris que en bella, representando bien duro pa' los que están en la de ella, lo que nadie se esperaba, la clara, combinación perfecta pa' mis lindas caras, oye, traigo de todo, agua agua cosa del coro, si no me quiere yo no me enfogo, yo lo que suelto es más tu camba pa' la que se lamba, pa' que mis pollitos muevan su nalga con los de Zunzu, me la payarte, le mete el Zunzu, pa' que el latico muevan su pum pum, yo lo que suelto es más tu camba pa' la que se lamba, So tell us about this one. So this song, like many songs on this album, is produced by Looney Tunes, who if you've been a listener to this podcast, we've talked about Looney Tunes a bunch. Um, mm-hmm. We did an episode back in the pandemic when there were all those producer verses where um, Looney um, went up against Tiny. Um, and you know, Looney Tunes, if you are a fan of reggaeton, you'll know that we're like some of like the biggest producers that really shaped the sound of what reggaeton would become. Like really sort of, they're Dominicans from Massachusetts who got into the, um, who got into the, uh, the scene and infused like bachata into reggaeton beats and like sort of pioneered that. But yes, it's one of my favorites. I love what Looney Tunes and Noriega is the other producer that did this. Not Nori, like the rapper Noriega, <laughs> but the producer Noriega. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody's just naming themselves after drug dealers over here. Right, right. Also not the drug dealer, yeah. Um, so I was looking it up and yeah, Looney Tunes, I mean, they they were like in their like early, early 20s when they were working on this stuff, which I think is awesome as well. They were like... 21 and 22 um and now like yeah that loony versus tiny yeah. um battle was kind of like old school versus new school you know yeah like yeah, yeah. Later, although they're know. still you know like very much in the scene oh now, yeah but for yes, sure absolutely because and also Tiny's because also tiny young. like was right. also old school because he was you know producing reggaeton hits at the tender age of 15 <laughs> right yeah he started really young too which i think is great yeah um, yeah, I really like this track. I didn't, I wasn't familiar with it, um, before taking this listen because I haven't spent a lot of time with this album, but I've definitely interacted with like the, the songs that have taken off as singles, I think, and continue to be in the rotation. But, I um, have but to yeah. say, this one is one of my absolute all time Tego favorites. It's just like something about the flow, something about mm-hmm. the ease, something about like the way you know, he rides the beat with his energy is really, it just does something for me that I can't mm-hmm. quite describe. I really, really love it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, it's a really great beat. It's like very smooth, but still energetic um, in a way that I really enjoy. I think that that's a really smart description of a lot of this album, you mm-hmm. know, 
Mm. It's just like smooth and has this flow and has this energy that's like ese tumbao, you know, mm-hmm. that like it's almost like ese tumbao that like Celia talks about that like mm. it only comes with like this like really deep connection with the culture and with mm. like all of the elements of this, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's so many elements that you can hear and fuse throughout and we'll talk about this um, right. as the episode goes on. But like we, you know, like Dego's is just such a natural at in, it putting together all these different elements of culture that um resonate for him and that he's being influenced by and are also you know like part of like what he's come up in so um this song is i think really ties a lot of that stuff really well well together for me but um Mm -hmm. it's just something he does really well throughout the album in my opinion yeah for sure okay so i think your next pick might be sort of most enduring hit from this album i don't know if you agree with that but i feel like it's the song that i hear the most still to this day yeah you're absolutely right uh this is probably the biggest Teo calderon song of all time when we did that list of uh best reggaeton songs of all time the song was number three this is paquerreto saying let's take a listen to it dance floor go crazy like Mm -hmm. i you know as per this episode it's been 20 years and to this day somebody puts this on and everybody loves to dance to it you know lots of people still know the lyrics to Uh this song Uh it's just like one of those that's just like legendary status like forever hit people 20 years from now will still know this i feel yeah and you can't play it out i just it's too good it's so so dope it's so dope Mm -hmm. um and i think there's a lot to say about this song i think that you know most of y'all probably have heard it anyone who's a reggaeton fan is very familiar with it um but still like one of the lines in this song that still gets to me to this day that like i just think even 20 years later is still so ahead of the game is oye si las más putas son las más finas 
Like, I just have a really hard time coming up with men who have reached this level of mainstream status in reggaeton or hip hop or really anything who are like, yo, sluts are the greatest. Like, no one's better than a how. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what happens when you, like, this was his big six, his first big success, you know? And so he wasn't writing this with, like, worrying about the industry or what people are going to think or anything, right? Like, it gets to be this, like, very raw and unfiltered and, like, real thing that's not, no, you know, there's no Sony producers being like, mm, I don't know about that, you know? Like, he just Yeah, to, I don't know if that's going to resonate. Yeah, <laughs> it just went out. And then they're like, well, all right, it's successful. We're, we're going with it, you know? So... But yeah, it's pretty incredible that this is such a, yeah, that this play is played on dance floors all over the world. But it's also true. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna um, try to de- debate that. You know, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I just feel like it's like pretty factual in my opinion. So I don't know. I mean, I mean, there's something to be said for like, why are they having so much success? You know experience there's right. something to be said about experience you yeah. know yeah i just love it i love it yeah. i love Pego for that yeah um and i amazing. think that just the ways that um i don't think there's nothing in here that like i'm just like oh is a little bit weird around gender but like i feel like the way that he like he treats women with a lot of reverence throughout yeah. this and like we're yeah. gonna talk about um you know, like we we're not we're not going to talk about this in the main segment, but you know there is a song like called Dominicana that's like a, um, like just like an ode to Dominican women, right? Like it's just like just there. I I, I love Tego for that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to hear that conversation, become a member, and it'll be in um it's in the member segment for today's episode. That's right. All right, what's up next? So the next set of tracks that I'm going to have us take a little bit of a listen to are uh, Loisa and the interlude that comes before it. So we're going to start with the interlude. We're going to come back and talk a little bit, and then you can listen to um, a little bit of Loisa. It's so rich, so dope, so beautiful. Let's let's take a listen. Te llevo quien te trajo, te matan y no desenfundan Las aulas se te inundan 
introduces the song Loisa is like a bomba track, mm-hmm. which bomba is an Afro-Puerto Rican drum and dance uh, tradition yep. uh, that is like really rooted in black Puerto Rico, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the song that follows it is called Loisa, and Loisa is the black heart of Puerto Rico, right? Like it's yep. this like town right next to San Juan. Um, I was just there a few weeks ago, right? There's like, you know, like I went to, to the beach, I went to Piñones, and there's like a mural. I like went past like a mural of like Arturo Schomburg, who Arturo Alfonso Schomburg was this like noted, noted black Puerto Rican activist and scholar um, after whom the Schomburg Center for Black Research is named over here in mm-hmm. Harlem. And um, he came to Harlem in the late 1800s and became this sort of like leading figure, right? He was like un um, you know, an activist that specifically wanted to, um, to bring to light issues of blackness and Afro-Latinidad. And um, to call the song Loisa and to like do a song for Loisa is to specifically do a song for Black Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So the production on Loisa is super interesting because it has both these bomba drums. So like the interlude, as you heard, starts out with just like the bomba. And then Loisa goes into like these like bomba drums and also these like rock guitar riffs. And then Tego has this sort of effortless flow. And um, lyrically, the song is incredible because the discourse and like the lyrics of it are ahead of like what so many people are saying even today about race in Latin America. Right. right? Like this song just absolutely calls out mestizaje, right? Like Mm -hmm. he's saying like, me quiere hacer pensar que soy parte de una trilogía racial donde todo el mundo es igual sin trato especial, right? Like he's like... I'm not part of, like, this, like, special racial trilogy of, like, black and indigenous and white people, and we're all, like, you know, the same and no one's special. Like, we are, he's like, bitch, we're not the same. Right. We're not the same. And he not only points out very specifically to call out Mestizaje as this, um, as sort of, like, a gaslighting force (laughs) where, like, we're trying to tell everybody that they're the same when, like, it's actually not. He right. then points to the criminal legal system as evidence, right? He points to police violence. He points to the ways that the system disproportionately sees black people imprisoned, right? Right, And he says, Cambiaste las cadenas por las esposas. Like, you can call it slavery or you can call it criminal justice, but you're doing the same shit. And uh, we can all see it. Right. And the other thing that I feel like is really interesting to me is this point he makes about forgiveness here, right? Which is like, 
you know, that's always the line from white people, no? And, like, yeah. even from, like, mestizo people in Latin America, like, oh, you're stuck in the past. Like, you need to forgive and forget. But he's like, se perdonar. Eres tú quien no se sabe disculpar. Like, he's like, I right. know how to forgive. Like, you don't know how to apologize, right? Like, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I think that it, it's just, like, such a smart and succinct call out of so many racial dynamics in Latin America. And I still, to this day, feel like most people's conversations around race in Latin America, like, lag completely behind just the few lines that Thago has in this song. Yeah. No, I mean, he's really, he's really calling it out. And I mean, I think that point, it's like, not only do you not know how to apologize, but you haven't stopped doing the <laughs> right. same thing with a different method. And I mean, that's, absolutely true in the united states as well right that the criminal justice yeah. system the criminal injustice system whatever is just an updated version of the same fucking dynamics you know and like we're also not far we're not far from any of this history <laughs> you know yeah. it's not yeah. that especially in the u.s when you think about the civil rights movement all the things that came post you know slavery being ended they were just new incarnations of the same shit you know and so how do you apologize mm-hmm. for something that hasn't actually ended yet? You know, that like we're still yeah. in a system that is entirely a racial hierarchy where black folks are constantly marginalized yeah. and oppressed and literally put in yeah handcuffs. And so, um, but yeah, it's amazing. 20 years later, he's still got like the smartest shit to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think that this just goes to show that, Black people in Latin America have always had a pretty crystal crystal clear analysis of what's happening. And it's like white Latin America, mestizo Latin America, that's like, you know, struggling to really see um, the full picture of a system that, you know, like we benefit from. Mm -hmm. It's true. I think it's really important also to elevate like Loisa to this level of an international audience, you know, because it really is like the cultural center of black Puerto Rico. And I don't think many people outside the Island even know or understand that. So the fact that like all of these people around the world were like listening to a track called Loisa, I think is really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It is really dope. All right. You've got two more tracks for the main episode here. And this next one is another big hit. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, this is another favorite. This is Tego Bragadocho at its best. Let's listen to Guasa Guasa. Pa' que va la loca como San Bigote 
This one is just like, I think one of the things about Tegos Flow is something that when I, I really appreciate about um, a few rappers where it just sounds so easy, but like it's actually very, very hard, but they're just so easy with it, so smooth with it. And like, I think that for this to be like such like a braggadocio track, like you're just like, yeah, man, like I don't, I don't see any lies here, you know? <laughs> and he, he's just like, si quieren tirarle a alguien, tirenme a mí, you know? Like, mm. got a diss track? Try me, home. My zipper's mm -hmm. down. Suck my fucking dick. You know? It's so explicit episode now. Thank you for that. <laughs> it's his line. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's always an explicit. I, we are, our episodes, I always label them explicit because they pretty much always are. It's fun. <laughs> Yeah, we're definitely labeled as an explicit podcast, so, you know, watch out for the children's and such. Totally. I wonder if anyone ever did try to diss track at him. This is a pretty um, bold invitation, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the thing, the best part is that he, like, even, like, makes fun of himself a little bit, you know? Like, he's like, aguanta que llego grandpa, you know? Like, it's just funny, because he's, like, <laughs> he's 30 years old at this point, right? This album comes out, and Tego's 30 years old. And you have to understand that, like, reggaeton is a youth movement, right? Like, a lot of the people making some of the biggest reggaeton hits were, like, kids. Yeah, and, yeah. like, you know, like, Daddy Yankee was 25, right? And when he started, he was much younger. But, like, you know, I know that that's only a five-year difference. But, like, in our youth-obsessed culture, those things can feel, mm -hmm. like, miles and, like, eons away mm -hmm. you know so like he's very aware of that and he's like i know this i know that i'm older like that means that i'm wiser so like mm -hmm. come at me mm -hmm. yeah i mean now he's only 50 and that's still young you know like, yeah it's, it's wild it's totally wild yeah yeah so this is just to me like Dego Bragadocho at his best like he's so smooth with it he's so funny He's very clever, um, and it's like those like little bits of like Caribbean humor that are, um, you know, like they're they're just so smart. He, it's that this is like I think again emblematic of the whole album. It's like so smart, so clever, so funny. The production is interesting. His flow is sick. It sounds really easy. It sounds like so effortless. Like, of course, this is what you came up with, but nobody had ever come up with anything like this before. Right. You know, like it, it sounds so good that it sounds almost obvious, but only after it's been done because right. nobody had thought to do anything like this. Yeah, it's really incredible. And I think that what, um, you know, like one more sort of, element of like nobody had thought to do anything like this is um something that i want to highlight in the next and last song that we're bringing for the main segment this song is called salto del medio let's take a listen to it Cuando 
respiro, los que saben me hacen caso. Y me han metido más el pie que a pelé. Y aunque tropecé me paré, aquí no siempre me ve. Yo soy quien forma el bebé. Fuego calde, quemando ligo otra vez. Hey, a la prieta le gustó y qué pasó. ¿Ah? Que se formó el titingo. Oye, salte el medio que voy pasando. Pena, usted algo, acelera, morena, que se te ve el avión, y si no avanza, te queda. So, I picked this one for the sound. Um, the references are like Tamambo, uh, it's produced by Maestro Yek, who produced the first uh track that we brought. Um, and it's sort of sonically similar also to like Plante Bandera, which is the last track on the album. And I think that this song to me is part of the essence of what Tego brings to this album, which is like, he is just a true original, right? Like, he was, yes, like, aprovechándose del momento with reggaeton. He was, yes, like, placing himself within, like, the tradition of hip-hop that, like, you know, was still then. Like, and, you know, like, even now, like, it was, like, was, like but back then was a really young genre, right? Um, a really young Black American genre. And, um, but he had this own, his own really vast and rich set of cultural references that were about being Puerto Rican and specifically about being black Puerto Rican that he infused throughout the album in all these small and large ways. And so like, you know, like these references to mambo, these references to salsa, like the, the sonic elements and references, which are like, you know, like these horns and the percussion all over the album um, are just really original. And again, like Wartego being able to like seamlessly put together all of these different things that made up who he was and where he was creating from. And along with the help of his producers to bring together something that was just like very originally Dego and nobody else. Yeah, beautifully said. And it's just like what, you know, the dynamics and the the layers and the references that he gets to pull from and how he does it so beautifully and interestingly and, and just like dynamically that really set the stage for so much more to come. Yeah, yeah. And I think that even though we place this album, because historically it belongs in this place of like really bringing reggaeton into um, where it will, you know, like where it started to make really global entry points you know like it started to like make all this noise globally it stands out so much from the other albums that it gets placed along with you know like Mm -hmm. it just sounds really different it Mm -hmm. like the lyrics are really different it you know it's yes within this tradition of reggaeton at the beginning of the 21st century and and it's like impossible to categorize it along with other with others of that era because it's just stands on its own totally all right y'all thanks so much for listening to this episode as always all the information about the songs are on our show notes at rileymania.com 
Yeah, and you should follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. We have a newsletter where we have all sorts of little things for you all the time. Shout out Maite for doing the editing. This album is really, really super dope. I highly encourage you all to listen to the whole thing if you haven't already. Even if you have, like revisit it. It's so incredible to listen to it and know that it's 20 years old and it's still such an original. It's still like completely unparalleled. Um, shout out to Dego Man. Dego's still around. Mm-hmm. He made an album mm-hmm. in 2015. He hasn't really been around making music these days, but like, you know, he will forever be a legend. Absolutely. Hasta la próxima. Bye, y'all. <laughs>